Okay, welcome to the Moms on Maternity YouTube show and podcast. I'm Amy Cruz, and today we have on Patricia Roberts. Patricia is the author of Route 529. This is an amazing book that she wrote. It's a parent's guide to saving for college and career training with 529 plans. She's pretty much a, what I would consider a financial expert in many ways and, um, and really has a passion for helping people understand the 529 plan as a vehicle to really help support your children or someone you care about uh, get some edu post-secondary education. How are you today, Patricia? I'm doing fine today, Amy. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. So I am, I am so impressed with this book you wrote. Um, is, how did you, is this your first book or are you a financial author? It is my very first book. I found myself with some extra time on my hands during the pandemic, and I felt compelled to share my personal journey and my professional expertise to try to help other families with the cost of higher education. It's incredibly powerful. I've um, been told about 529 plans uh, off and on throughout the years, and nothing until I read this book really opened my eyes to the power of it. Uh, why are you so passionate about helping people figure out what this 529 plan is about? One of the reasons I'm passionate is that nearly 65% of Americans indicate they know nothing about 529 college savings plans, and those who do really don't understand how they work. So I wanted to write something that was very easy to understand from a parent's perspective, and really that's the main reason why I, why I did it. I wanted to get the word out about the existence and usefulness of these particular plans. If you could summarize the one reason why someone should open a 529 plan, I know there's many, what's the one reason? The one reason is that higher education is expensive and the earlier you can get started earmarking some funds for that goal, the better. How do you talk to your own kids about college? We started talking with my son when he was rather young, definitely before middle school, we began talking about the fact that his dad and I were paying back a tremendous amount of student loan debt. In fact, when our son Ben arrived, we owed over $100,000 between the two of us. And we had no idea how we we're gonna save for our son's education, but we were determined for him to have a less financially stressful experience than we had had. So we talked to our son from time to time about his interests, the impact he might want to have on the world, and what type of education it might take to get him there. We also told him we were preparing for the cost of whatever form of education he would pursue. So he knew when he got birthday money or money from the holidays, we would try to put part of it in the college savings account. He also knew that his dad and I were taking a little out of each of our paychecks to go into the account. So he was aware of the fact that we were preparing for education. And Amy, you've got the book. If you notice, he wrote the foreword to the book okay. about what he learned through the process. So I'm really proud that we not only prepared for his education expenses, but we gave him a little bit of insight into the financial world about how do you go about preparing for a goal that seems sometimes insurmountable. So let me ask kind of a technical question. You make contributions to his college savings um, account 529 plan, um, as well as receive gifts that would go to that account. At the end of his childhood, when he was ready to enter college, how much of that account was your contributions versus the growth? 
Oh gosh, I would have to look back at that, Amy. I don't remember the exact percentages of that. I know the account grew nicely in value. Certainly we started it in 1999 mm-hmm. and you graduated college in 2017 through lots of market cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the exact percentage okay. of growth. contributions versus growth. Well, and how much did you, did you, you said you put in every paycheck? I did. And we started with very small amounts. I mean, we were in a one bedroom apartment with all of the student loan debt when our son arrived and we really didn't have much money to spare, but we figured if we could get the account open and just start it, I think we started with like 25 or $50 a paycheck, but we got started. And that was the most important thing. And then as we earned more money through the years, we could pay down um, some additional amounts. Um, He went to private school for the first eight years, um, just because of situations where we lived, that was a better option to go to private school. Once he got out of that private school, we were able to put more money, less expenditures, more money in the college savings account. Certainly if we got tax refunds or he happened to get a gift for a religious celebration, like his communion or confirmation, we would put those dollars in. But we really started with very little. I think we took the money he had gotten for his baptism and our initial baby gifts and started with that amount and then put our own amounts in from each paycheck. That's really how we got started. Maybe we had like a thousand dollars initially, but quite honestly, people need to know they can get started with $25 and even less in some of the 529 plans. If someone does put in say $25 every two weeks, you know, $50 a month, is that going to really make a dent? Listen, whatever amount people can put in is that much less that their child's going to have to borrow and repay with interest. So whether it makes a a significant dent or not, it's helping the child. And, you know, there are many forms of education that children can pursue and many schools that vary greatly in cost. Mm -hmm. So it is quite possible, even if you've saved just a modest amount, you know, you're helping your child in some way. If they go to a lesser cost school or maybe even a community college, it could be, you know, tremendously impactful. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's important to note is having money in a child's name has been seen to affect their aspirations. There's research, and I can share the link with you after the fact, but there's research that shows even modest amounts of college savings Uh, $500 or less in a child's name, when the child becomes aware of it and begins aspiring to go to college because they know someone believes in them and are saving for them, their aspirations change and they're more likely to attend and graduate college. So there is sort of a psychological impact, particularly for low-income students and those who come from families like my own, where no one had been to college before. And then do you recommend children also have accounts um, that we start accounts for them outside of the 529 plan? How much should we be contributing to other types of accounts? Yeah, I think there are many ways to save for college and no one route. And most ways are not mutually exclusive. So saving for a child in another type of account, some parents open a bank account and they're called UGMA or UPMA accounts, Uniform Gift to Minors Act accounts. The money becomes the child's upon reaching maturation, either 18 or 21 years of age. Some people put money in those accounts, other parents invest in mutual funds or in another fashion. You know, whatever you can do is going to help the child. Mm-hmm. Um, I do cover in the book that there are um, advantages and disadvantages to all forms of savings and investing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
particularly with when the money is in the child's name and becomes theirs, when they reach 18 or 21. I mean, that's a factor parents need to consider. With the 529, the parent or whoever owns the account, typically a parent, it could be a grandparent, a godparent, that person controls the disbursements from the account. So if the child's going in a direction you're not happy with, the money does not become theirs, it's up to you. But in an account where there's a trust element to it, the, that money is the child's money. And there are also financial aid implications when the money is owned by the child. It counts more towards the expected mm -hmm. family contribution. But any way of saving is gonna help that child in the long run. Do, do most um, students get student aid or do you, what's like the income level or wealth level that you have to be at to not get any student aid? You know, you know, need based aid varies, but I do know that financial aid, what many people don't realize financial aid is largely comprised of student loans. Mm -hmm. So people, when they're worried about missing out on financial aid or will they get financial aid, they're not realizing that a good portion of it is student loans, sometimes mm -hmm. work study. And there are grants and mm -hmm. scholarships for lower income students. I don't know the exact dollar amount where people do or don't, but there's great calculators online where mm -hmm. you can estimate how much financial aid you would get. Um, Merit-based aid has nothing to do with your need. So a child can get an academic scholarship, whether they're from a higher income family or a lower income family. It's really a combination of different forms of aid that students get. And many students do get something, mm -hmm. but what parents sometimes don't realize is whatever the students are getting, there's going to be a gap that needs to be filled. And that's why it's important to prepare for that. And do you recommend working with a financial advisor or opening and funding these self-service? You know, you can go either way with the 529. Uh, many families go it alone. Uh, every state, except for Wyoming, offers a 529 college savings plan, and they make it quite easy to open an account online. There's lots of information, including investment performance, um, descriptions of the various forms of investments, the fees and expenses, that, that's all available online. Those who need some advice and guidance or who already have a financial professional in their life would really benefit from talking to that person about college savings. You wouldn't want to leave that out of your total financial picture because it's a big, a big amount that parents need to save. So I would say if you've got a financial professional, talk to them about the 529 and any other suggestions they would have. And if you feel you need someone, um, to guide you, get a financial professional involved, but many families successfully invest on their own and don't feel they need that. So what other, you know, in your book, you go over some tips and ideas for how to think about money, save money, um, and be fiscally smart financially in your family. What are some of your best ideas there? My first best idea is to really embrace your why. Why do you want to prepare for your child's future and really envision what you want that future to be? Do you want your child to start out adult life encumbered by debt? Do you want them free to choose uh, the university or college that's the best fit for them? Um, you really need to figure it out. My why was really around what I didn't want to see. I did not want my son coming out with the level of stress his father and I had. So 
start with your why. Another tip is to get an account open, whatever kind of account it is. I happen to like and know 529s very well. There are other ways to save, as we just discussed. Get something started. Don't wait. It seems like the future is so far off when your children are young, but it's actually going to come faster than you realize. And with more time on your hand, you have more time for things to accumulate. So do your research, get something open, embrace your why, and then fund it automatically. Whatever type of account you've opened, don't leave it to chance whether you're going to put money in one month or another. Set up some kind of automatic contribution. My other tip is to tell friends and family that you're on a journey to save for your children's future and to politely ask them to hold off on those stuffed animals and those really cute outfits that cost a lot of money that the child wears once or twice. And instead, perhaps consider even a modest contribution to the college account. Because if you think of the number of people in your life who love your children and who want to do something for them, you could really get a lot of extra money accumulated if those people gave even $25 or $50 for each birthday or holiday instead of a big gift that the child doesn't need that's going to clutter up your home. So I would say that. The last tip I have, if you do go the route of the 529, ask your employer if they would be interested in contributing. A growing number of employers are offering 529 as an employee benefit. And with the great resignation underway, they're looking for ways to keep employees, um, good employees in place and to attract other quality employees. So ask your employer about 529 as a benefit and would they contribute to the account? I think would that- they, they would give you a expense reimbursement based on your contributions, it'd be done sort of not through the paycheck program or would it be done through the paycheck program? They can do it in a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, The firm that I work for, Gift of College, has a platform that helps employers do it by way of payroll deduction and to match employee contributions if they choose to. Mm -hmm. But you can ask your employer. Some employers do a one-off contribution directly into your account. Others will match what you're doing via payroll deduction. At minimum, employers offering this benefit and allowing employees to contribute direct from the paycheck is really a good benefit because it yeah, makes- sounds incredible. I, I really yeah. think that I would love to see more employers doing that. So in terms of some a family member or wanting to help uh, contribute to a child's college savings plans, is there a way for them to do it without handing you cash or a check? Yes, there is. So many of the 529 programs, including the one in your state, you're in California, right? Mm-hmm. Scholars Share have a very convenient way to invite friends and family to contribute. There's a simple code that they can send to relatives in party invitations or via email, text message even. And through that code, the individual can contribute without getting involved at all in handing the check to you, the parent, or in getting really very involved with your account. They don't see what type of investment option you're in. The money just goes directly in by way of that. And and you get an email confirmation letting you know so-and-so contributed. That is so incredible. I have never received one of those from anyone. You got to start asking. I think people- I mean, I've never even received a request. You haven't. No, yeah, like I've never seen it, you know? It seems like something at this point in my life, I would have at least seen one come through my phone or come somewhere, right? Somebody, you would think somebody would include it in a party invitation or an announcement about a baby arrival. 
I think it's a great idea. I think that having shopped for people's baby showers and birthday parties and christenings and baptisms, whatever the case may be, you never know what to get. What do they already have? Certainly sometimes they have a baby registry, but I think it's a bit of a head turner to offer a gift like that to a family. And I think I told you before, the company I work for has these gift cards, mm -hmm. gift of college. And I often give these together with my book for a baby shower gift. And then that gift card winds up being the initial contribution if somebody hasn't opened an account yet. So those things are, are compatible with any of the state programs? Yes, they redeem them through gift of college that turns it into cash and that cash gets sent to the 529 program. That's great if you don't wanna ask somebody for an invitation to contribute to their 529 or you don't know if they have one yet, you could give them something like that. And then that's really their incentive to open it. So theoretically, they could just put the cash in their account. There's no real way to know that they used it for the five, a college plan with those gift cards. Those gift cards can only be used for three purposes. One, a 529 college savings plan, two, a student loan account, mm. or three, a 529 ABLE account. That's, that's a plan that mm. helps with disability-related expenses. So an individual who receives that gift card cannot get cash and do something else with it. They cannot. It has to be deposited into one of those type of accounts. No, I just have one question, uh, more question about the vehicles. So um, it sounds like, you know, that you basically find a 529 plan by state. Um, they all probably are slightly different in terms of what they're invested in and kind of the benefits. Um, most likely people just probably pick the one in their state. Within your own state plan, I know there's probably different portfolios of like risk tolerances. Um, and you, it looked like in your book, you said you can change your allocation once or twice yearly. Um, how often do you recommend someone look at their portfolio? How many different choices are there? Do you need to readjust it yearly? Yeah. One thing that's important is always to keep an eye on whatever investments you have. I think it's a bad idea to sort of set it and forget it. While many of these portfolios, all of them are really professionally designed by investment managers, they really do vary in terms of the style of investment management. I think it's a good idea to keep an eye on whatever you're investing in. Many families pick the age-based or target date portfolios. You probably know that from retirement accounts that you have. Um, that's based on either the age of the beneficiary or the year in which they're likely to pursue higher education. Those types of accounts are uh, more aggressive in design when the children are young, become more conservative when they near college. But whatever you select, I think it's a great idea to keep an eye on it and to see how it's working for you. People need to keep in mind their risk tolerance, their time horizon, their investment objectives. Are they saving for a two-year community college? Are they saving for dental school? Um, are they three years away? Or are they 18 years away? Mm -hmm. um, can they bear the risks of the market going up and down? Or do they feel they can't financially or emotionally bear that? Do they want something more conservative? As you know, more conservative investments typically yield less in terms of earnings, right? I mean, less risk, oftentimes less reward. People need to figure that out. So I would say to keep an eye on your investments, whether um, you're going it alone or you're with a financial advisor and see what works best for you. Um, the 529 plans do a really good job of explaining the type of investments and you can see the past performance history 
on mm -hmm. each of the funds. Again, past performance isn't necessarily indicative of the future, but it can give you an idea. Um, and even if you're going it alone, the 529s all have call center personnel that can assist you. They can't give you personalized investment advice. They don't know you. They don't know your situation as an advisor could, but you could get some good information from them about what the different options are. One other instrument you talk about in your book, and I probably have the name wrong, but it was a different type of IRA for education savings than a 529. What was it called? Are you talking about the Roth IRA? No. No, education IRA. Yeah. yeah, Coverdell Education IRA. Yeah, there are um, other forms of um, investments under the Internal Revenue Code that can help families save for higher education. I think that looking into all those are great. Mm -hmm. The 529s tend to have the highest limits that you can put in. Mm -hmm. They have no income restrictions. Some of the other types of investments do. They don't require there to be earned income. You and I talked briefly in a prior conversation about Roth IRAs. The child, if it's going to be in the child's name, needs to have had earned income in order to put that money in a Roth. And I think the annual contribution is like $6,000 for that. Mm -hmm. um, but a combination of all these types of investments could be useful to families. They just need to decide how much they're saving and what seems right for them. And if there are income limits to make sure that it fits their family scenario. That's cool. Yeah. Well, because just correct me if I'm wrong, um, you in an um, education IRA or Roth IRA, you can actually have pick your own stocks and funds that you'd like to be part of that account. But in a 529, you have no, you can't actually pick and be like, I want General Motors in my 529, right? That's, you don't have those choices, right? That's correct. There's no stock picking involved. There are these professionally managed portfolios that have already been designed. Yeah. So people who like to pick their own investments might prefer something different in terms of, you know, preparing for higher education expenses. Okay. Um, I definitely, again, I'm incredibly grateful for your work. I mean, I, I'm going to open one because of you and this conversation. I haven't done that yet. And I really am hugely grateful. Your book is I highly guys I mean it's a well-written very simple to understand very powerful if you just are not even sure I I even came to my first meeting with Patricia with like well what about this what if my kids don't want to go to college what if I don't know I had so many like what if things and really there's no risk I mean at the end of the day because the money if you don't use it for college you can get it back and at the same time I think the power is letting your kids know that this is uh, important and, and you're preparing for them, right? That's right, that's right. Cool, any, any um, other final words that you wanna share about financial savings or college or I think we've done a great job how people can find you? Sure, and again, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to educate you and your audience about these plans. How can people find me? I'm on Instagram at uh, root 529 mom. So R O U T E 529 mom and on Facebook as well. And my book is available on Amazon and I hope it will help many families have a better understanding of these 529. Plans. Well, keep going, keep educating. I can't wait to see you just keep growing this. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for watching. For more, please visit www.monsummaternity.com.